0: Today's episode is sponsored by Spa C.S. La Vie, located at 13951 7th Street, Suite Number no. 6 in Dade City. At Spa C.S. La Vie, they offer facials, chemical peels, body treatments, along with infrared for pain and inflammation. They have spa parties, fall and Halloween specials, and they also offer gift certificates. At Spa C. La Vie, Beautiful Skin is always in. For more information, call 813-713-0191 or visit CLV We
1: didn't have, we weren't sure how it was gonna go. Yeah, it was um, so we started it was and you know, word of mouth got out and then there was, came a point where he couldn't handle it by himself, so I had to leave my job and come help him. And that was obviously another big leap that was very scary for us to make because we had a little baby at that time and you know had to pay the bills so we made it work
2: i mean i knew i knew but it's obviously not guaranteed that once she came and we started working together the the it was going to be an exponential, it wasn't just going to be two people, it was going to be like the whole team, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it really made a difference. But it was obviously scary because we didn't have that guaranteed income to pay our rent and, right. and pay the shop rent and everything else we had. Sure, so. so it's
1: kind of learning as we go and it's just a lot to do, but you just kind of figure it out and hope for the best kind of. And I think we've done a pretty good job so far.
2: We knew we wanted to focus local and uh, we really focused on that. And it, Yeah. It's worked out so far. We wanted we had just had our son, so we wanted to be closer to her family, you know, to help with the baby and we were trying to run a shop and stuff. So it we were coming through one day, I think, for some kind of event or to come to visit your parents, and we came down going north into through town. Because we had to Dane stop City. at the post
1: office and I said, yeah. Let's just go down this way. And he had never been like driven through downtown and because we always went, you know, the bypass around. So that was the first time he had actually drove through downtown and that
0: was it. Welcome to the Art of Business, I'm your host, Eric Baker. I sit down with entrepreneurs right here in Dade City and the surrounding areas to find out about their backgrounds, how they built their businesses and what their secrets for success are. Today I'm joined with Mr. and Mrs. Randy and Heather Hernandez. They are the founders and owners of Flora Coastal Print. They are located at 14406 7th Street in Dade City, Florida. You can also find them online at Print. Com. If you look up the word entrepreneur in the dictionary, I'm positive you'll see a picture of Randy and Heather. These are two people who left a corporate America job behind and all the benefits that go along with it to start their own business and do their own thing. They're self-taught, they're self-funded, and they are extremely impressive people. They're the kind of people who don't back down in the face of a challenge and do whatever is necessary to get the job done. I'm excited to have the chance to sit down with them to find out more about their lives. So let's start out by getting to know Randy and Heather. On a personal level, correctly, Heather, you're from Dade City. You're born and raised right here.
1: Born and raised here till I was probably well till I went off to college, and then I came back, moved to Lakeland, and then spent a few time, a few years there, and then uh, Randy and I both moved back to Dade City. Where'd so, you guess, go to college? Uh, University of Florida. What would you study? I have a, uh, my undergraduate is animal biology and then I have a master's in agribusiness.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay. Jeez. I'm a little intimidated now. (laughs) And so so Randy, are you from, you're from Florida originally? Yes.
2: Dade City or? No, I'm from Citrus County, a small town called Floral City. Floral City. And how long you been in Dade City? Since me and Heather moved back
1: 2019,
2: four years ago. Yeah, oh, okay. 2019. We're however long to. ago that was?
0: <laughs> okay, so so tell me a little bit about what you guys were like when you were growing up. I mean, what kind of things were you guys into as kids?
1: I'm um, always an animal person. That's so why I went to school for animal biology. It's going to be go down the vet school route. It didn't pan out. So, um, so just horses. Uh, I barrel race growing up, and that's kind of. Pretty much my life, so yeah.
0: Did you, did you raise, did you um, grow up with raising horses yourself? Did you have them?
1: Yeah, we've had horses, cows, pigs. Um, I showed in the Pasco County Fair from eight till I graduated high school. Showed a hog. Okay. Um, had horses my whole life. So we, my parents live on some acreage north of town. So,
0: so what's involved in showing a hog? What's what's that all about?
1: Uh, it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> you you buy them around this time in October um, from little babies, and they raise them up till fair time show them and that's kind of it okay (laughs) they go on their way
0: okay okay
2: so uh, what about you what were you like when you were a kid um mostly baseball 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 was my whole life from time I can remember till I graduated college pretty much and uh I drew a lot as a kid but other than that it was baseball in school yeah that's all I did
0: so what position did you play in baseball
2: Um, When I was younger, obviously, everyone wants to play shortstop, you know, so I I started there. And as I got older, and I moved into more positions that fit me better, like first base, the corner infield and outfield, I was really I could hit. So they kind of just put me anywhere. Okay, yeah.
0: yeah. Gotcha. Did did you ever? um, Did you? play uh, for high school or did you play yeah, for yeah. I local played, leagues?
2: Or? I played high school uh, and then I played four years of college at Weber International. Oh
0: man. Yeah. Okay. geez. Did you have any <laughs> options to go pro at all? No,
2: no, not really. Um, wow. I think there com, comes a time that you kind of realize that's not your path, but yeah. I, I had fun and it was, you know.
0: Yeah. And you had the stories to tell. Yeah, that's absolutely. A, that's <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah. And, and so you had mentioned, um, so I had found obviously that you're, so you're quite the artist and the graphic, graphic designer as well. And so you just mentioned that you were drawing when you, when you grew up. So when did you realize you had that kind of a talent?
2: Pretty young, pretty young. Um, my dad was very artistic and he encouraged me to draw and I'd draw a lot. Um, and pretty early, you know, they, people would say, man, that's really good, you know, for a little kid. And I would, What they were mostly impressed by was how quickly I'd draw it out, you know, and my dad would always say, if you took your time, it'd be really good. And I just didn't have the patience for it. You know, I was interested in baseball mostly and art kind of got pushed to the back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, so was it the kind of thing that you were just always good at? Like, so, so were you one of those guys who could just pick up a brush and just, and just paint and, you know, pick up a a guitar and just play? Or did it kind of take some time to develop those skills?
2: With drawing, yeah. But I think it was always missing the technical side. And I think that sort of held me back because I didn't have the maturity or the patience or, you know, I was interested in baseball and I, you know, I could draw enough to impress people and that was good enough. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a little bit, I always had a kind of a raw talent. Right on, man.
0: So, so being able to draw, it's a rare talent and creating, creating art's not an easy, easy thing to do in and of itself. What type of pieces do you like to, like to draw?
2: Mostly graphic illustrations, you know, stuff that is geared towards t-shirts and and apparel design, hat designs. Um but I like to paint too. You know, I am all over the spectrum kind of and it's hard to narrow it down, but I think if I had to pick something it would be like illustrated designs keeping the color palette simple. Okay. geared towards apparel.
0: And so you paint as well? Yes. Have yes. you ever sold any artwork? Do you any any framed like any actual sign stuff or anything a, like a
2: that? A couple pieces, but really? um I am sort of she always tells me to put them for sale, but it, it's I don't know, I you kind of get can't get over that that block of I don't know, you know, why would someone pay for this? Yeah. Um, where t-shirts, it's easy, you know, they're paying for a shirt, but a, a painting itself is. But I've sold a few, yeah.
0: Yeah, and so what are what are they
2: of? Are they like uh, landscapes? Are they, of what are they of? Sometimes, sometimes uh, I like doing landscapes, but mostly it's it's all over the map. Okay, uh, okay, uh, cartoony characters and and just. Okay.
1: We have a lot of birds and flowers, too. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) birds and
2: flowers, you you know, And uh, a lot of them
1: tell me you can't sell, and they're just hanging in our house, so...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right on. Okay. And so Heather, so from what I understand you do, aside from pretty much just running the shop from the customer service <laughs> perspective, you do all of the embroidery yes, as that's well. Correct. So how did you learn how to do that? I mean, that's not easy to do either.
1: I was kind of pushed into to it. We started out just doing t-shirts and Randy's like, well, we really need to get into embroidery too, because there's a huge demand for that. So my mom sews on a regular sewing machine, but I've never sewn in my life. So we got our first machine and it was a big learning curve, Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just trial and error. And And, you know, we had a tech come out and she taught me some things and it's just kind of self-taught from there so yeah.
0: so it's just like you it was something that needed to happen so you just right. learned it yes basically <laughs> yeah I, I love it and so uh, another thing I found out is that um you really like to bake you're a good baker as well is that true
1: well, I don't know how good I am but I really like it
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, that, so what's what's your specialty what are some things you like to bake um
1: sweets cakes cookies um I try to make all of our kids birthday cakes sometimes they don't turn out as I planned um and I used to bake a lot more before we had kids and now it's kind of Limited on time, so I usually yeah. try to do at least a birthday cake, and then that's pretty much all I have time for anymore. <laughs>
0: yeah, yes, ma'am. I, I get it. All right, guys, so talk to me about Beard Booze. So I found a YouTube channel mm-hmm. that you guys have, or still have, or maybe didn't have, I'm not really sure, has over 7,000 subscribers, which is insanely impressive. Um, which is not an easy th- thing to do at all. Um, so so tell us a little bit about that YouTube channel. So
2: Beard Booze. I grew a beard, I don't know, 2015-ish, 2014. Yeah, maybe. And um, at the time, it was very on trend, and um, it was sort of an emerging market, the beard care products, oils, balms, all that stuff. So, you know, I was desperately looking for a creative outlet, and you know I was like what she had bought me for Christmas a set with beard oil and Heather did and I was like man it would be really cool to come up with some cool labels and packaging and apparel and that was the the original thought was we're going to make it an apparel brand too and so you know at the time content marketing was was getting huge and and uh so we we said we got to start a YouTube channel and we did that and Instagram and uh, before that I, I didn't even really have Facebook. So it was a huge learning curve trying to figure out, as you know, to hack the social media algorithm. So we were consistent and Heather would help me make videos and it was a lot of fun. You know, we, we would try to come up with beard related topics to, in the end, provide content marketing to promote our Our products and it was cool. It was a lot of fun, and that in itself became a major creative outlet. And I learned everything I could about videography, you know, Peter McKinnon and all that stuff. So yeah, man, yeah, how to edit and and how to shoot and yep. I we even did that for a little while, shooting videos for people for their businesses and stuff. But uh no, the YouTube channel was a lot of fun, and I've thought about maybe rebranding it and and continuing it because we did we did enjoy and it was cool making videos and stuff.
0: Yeah. yeah so 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 how did you go about how, how long did you have it for was it several years couple months like what
2: beard booze in yeah. the channel was we were pretty heavy for probably three years Okay,
0: and so seven thousand subs—that's nothing to laugh at. How did did it happen quickly? Did it take Mm, a long time?
2: No, you you know how it goes when you start something, man. You're like, you're barely getting views, and you're like, well, I'll keep. Everyone says just keep consistent, and it takes time to build it. And it did over the time; it accumulated, and we'd become recommended to the bigger channels, you know, on their stuff, and we did some collabs, and that helped a lot. But it was slow, you know. It took it took the three years to get there, but it, it obviously. The curve is steep, you know, it starts out slow, but as it, as it gains, it gains more and more traction sure. faster. It's like yeah. exponential.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And so you said you guys were producing and editing the shows yourself.
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: N- not me. Yeah.
2: But, <laughs> yeah I, I did all the editing and shooting. Yeah. And in the, in the beginning they were pretty bad. What were you,
0: what were you, you uh, using to edit the videos with? I used,
2: you um, final cut pro. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, I used the hack version like I, I would yeah, go yeah, I probably yeah. shouldn't be saying this but because at the time I couldn't really afford to put much money into the production yeah. and, and yeah. Final Cut's expensive so yeah. I would go in and turn the clock back on my MacBook and <laughs> and use the thing but uh, no yeah. I, we, we were scrappy and did what we had to do to, to get as professional as we could content and yeah man it ended up being pretty good towards the end.
0: Yeah, I understand fully. <laughs> so, uh,
2: how many did you? How
0: many episodes did you record? Do you, do you guys remember? Oh, Was I do not know. Hundreds. Yeah, really.
2: Yeah, between yeah. one and two hundred, maybe maybe three hundred. I don't, I don't know. know. I'd have to look. You did but most of them, so. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a couple hundred, I think.
0: So what what made you guys stop doing it?
1: kids
2: well yeah a major thing our son was born and our my last well one of the last videos i did was in lakeland right after our son was born but also that we had started screen printing and started shifting Mm. our focus more towards because we realized the screen printing was a little more viable and and for raising a family and i think long term made more sense
0: gotcha i see so did you ever have a chance to monetize the channel with that many subs yeah, oh, okay, yeah, okay. we
2: we had ad revenue. We had some partners and stuff. You know how you do the Amazon li- uh, affiliate links and stuff like that. But as you know, it's it it takes a lot of views to make any kind of money. Yeah. So it was, yeah. you Jump know, it, change basically, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, kind of paid for the website or something. You yeah. know,
0: right. Okay. Awesome. I love it. I love it. So, I mean, so aside from that, you guys also used to work in corporate America. I believe it was the insurance industry specifically. Were you guys sales like claims adjusters? Like what, what were you
2: guys doing? Claims, Claims. auto claims, auto claims. Yes. Both of you guys. Yeah. Well, you started in sales or uh, service,
1: customer service. And Mm -hmm. then I moved to uh, claims after that.
0: Gotcha. Okay. And so, and it was through the insurance industry where you guys met each other. Correct. Okay. So, so tell us about that. How'd you guys, how'd you guys meet?
1: We both just we uh we both got a promotion, so we were both in a training class together, and then it kind of just went from there. Started hanging out
0: more, and here we are. (laughs) Okay, I love it. Okay, and so and now you guys have three or four kids. Three, three kids. Okay, and your most recent was just back in June of this year. You have a new baby boy. Yes. So what's it been like with a new baby boy around?
1: He's wonderful, but it is crazy with three kids. Um, The oldest oldest aren't quite old enough to help out with him yet. So they're just, it's like he has to take the two older ones and I keep the baby because he can't walk or crawl. So it's like somebody's constantly got to hold him and it's just a lot.
2: Yeah, Yeah. it's a a lot of divide and conquer. You know, they're three under four. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's, they're a handful, but it's yeah. a lot of fun. You know, yeah. we, we know it's, it's fleeting time and eventually we're going to look back and really miss it. It's tough right now, but yeah. it's good. It, yeah. our life is full. Our life is busy. Yeah. So yes, sir. yeah, I, awesome. I love
0: it. And so, and so it was through, so you guys had a, a product brand that you started doing screen printing. I read somewhere you had a product brand and that led to the screen printing.
2: That was Beard Booze.
0: Oh, that was beard booze. So
2: I told you in the beginning, it was going to be, we had planned on doing a lot of apparel. And what we ran into is you needed a lot more capital than we had to do different designs because there's minimums and setup fees and stuff. So we were like, I wish I wanted to put out more designs. Is there a way we can try to cut out the middleman? So Gosh. we did that and I, I ended up learning how to screen print and it it took a while. And it, it screen printing is very challenging, but... <laughs> what happened was we didn't do much beer bruise printing is as, as soon as mm-hmm. our friends found out and family found out it was hey can you print this can you print that and mm-hmm. that snowballed to eventually we're like we got to do this because there's a lot of opportunity
0: gosh gotcha. and so that's how you you learn how to do the screen printing you right. just jumped into it and just figured it out
2: yes <laughs> jesus christ okay I,
0: I love it guys um <laughs> and so um all right, so you guys officially opened Flora Coastal Print back in March of 2019. Does that, does that sound right?
1: Well, we had it before that when we lived in Lakeland, kind of screen printing out of our garage. And then okay. we moved here in 2019 and opened in town in March. Right, gotcha.
2: we, we started in the garage. Probably and, a, year, a year Yeah, a year that. before that, and we ended up deciding to move to Dade City, and we had to move to an apartment because it... The housing market was kind of tough here at the mm-hmm. time. So we, we got an apartment and I was like, well, we got to get a shop space. And it kind of forced us into a storefront, which we wanted anyway, but it was kind of sooner than we were ready. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we dove into it and and that's how it went. Yeah, I love it. I love it so much. So,
0: I mean, that's a big step, leaving a guaranteed paycheck to start to do, and do your own thing. I mean, yes. did you guys have, it sounds like you did, but did you have enough business lined up to where you were pretty sure the bills were going to be paid or or was there just enough business to make you want to start? But beyond that, it was mostly just, we're just taking a risk and just going for it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, I was still working uh, my corporate job when we moved here and then he was going to run the shop by himself just to kind of see how it went. And we didn't have, we weren't sure how it was going to go.
2: So we started and,
1: you know, word of mouth got out and then there came a point where he couldn't handle it by himself. So I had to leave my job and come help him. And that was obviously another big leap that was very scary for us to make because we had a little baby at that time and, you know, had to pay the bills. So we made it work.
2: Yeah. Well, I left first. I left while we were still in Lakeland to run Beard booze and put all my time and effort into Beard Mm booze. And once I did that is when I had the time to start learning how to screen print. So we knew Heather's income would at least pay most of the bills and then beard booze was making up more than enough for the other half or or quarter of that sure so but when we moved here she was still commuting an hour and back to Geico and we had a newborn and I was like she's got to come work with me and at the time it was getting heavy at the shop to where I couldn't handle it and she was coming home at night and helping me before we went to bed invoice people and put quotes together Mm -hmm. and it was we were working around the clock and I, it took a lot of convincing for her to leave Geico at the time. Yeah. And that was June, two years ago. Uh,
1: pro- Yeah, roughly.
2: And I mean, I knew, I knew, but it's obviously not guaranteed that once she came and we started working together, the, the, it was going to be an exponential, it wasn't just going to be two people. It was going to be like a whole team, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it really made a difference, but it was obviously scary because we didn't have that guaranteed income to pay our rent and, and pay the shop rent and everything else we had. So, it health took insurance and all the other uh, stuff. Yeah. My, yes. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Gosh. Okay. So, fantastic. So, as I mentioned earlier, Floricoastal Print is a custom screen printed apparel, embroidery, and more business, all printed and sewn locally right here in Dade City, Florida. So, I was hoping you guys could just expand on that and tell us a little bit more about Floricoastal Print.
2: All right. So like I said, it started in the garage for Beard Booze, but it quickly became the the original concept for me was to have apparel brands and uh, Beard Booze was going to be like the first step to that. But then I realized screen printing was almost going to, you know, I, I could almost learn it full circle and then I, I could have more resources to do different brands and different lines without, you know, having to involve a, another printer. And, um, you know, it, it was getting me back to art and it really, I don't know, it fulfilled all the needs as far as making an income, fulfilling my art needs and creativity. And we decided to turn it into an apparel printing business, really, and, and serve our customers rather than doing my own apparel, because obviously that's slow going. So we did what made the money first, which was mm-hmm. custom screen printing and embroidery. Maybe and you now we're slowly, on the side. yeah, we're mm-hmm. slowly doing on the side our passion projects like our Florida shirts and and mm-hmm. the Dade City Shirt Club, and mm-hmm. we opened the retail store, but um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay, right on. So, so about Florida shirts, is that another business you guys own or? It's, well, it's,
1: I mean, it's basically like a shirt of the month type club thing. You can subscribe and get, um, you know, a shirt, a Florida related shirt mailed to you once a month. Hmm. Um, so Randy comes up with all the designs for those, and then we sell them in the shop too. So it's kind of under the whole floor coastal umbrella, um, but yeah. it is a whole separate. You know, it's got its own online store. Yeah.
2: It's, it's like a, a sub company, I guess. Yeah. You know, like a, sure. li- a line under our main business, but mm-hmm. it has its own website and, and its own DBA and yeah, um, yeah. It's basically another business.
0: Gotcha. Okay, and so. I'm assuming so had either of you ever worked retail before I'm assuming it's retail apparel is kind of what you guys do maybe right had had any of you worked in retail before doing this
1: I worked at Old Navy for like a few months (laughs) in college (laughs) but that was just restocking shelves so that's it
0: yeah so so you guys just again just figured it out as you went along
1: yeah we're still figuring it out every day we learn something new or something we shouldn't have done this way or should have done that another way
0: so, I mean, how about the operational side? So, so so you know, things like uh, beyond making the physical products. So, so processing and, and categorizing inventory, where to get your products and equipment, what to do with all your receipts, like the operational stuff. How'd y'all learn all of that?
1: We're still learning that too. <laughs> um, I have, unfortunately, I have to do most of that, which is a lot of work. And, you know, like you said, we never worked in that industry before. So it's kind of learning as we go. And it's just a lot to do, but you just kind of figure it out and hope for the best kind of, and I think we've done a pretty good job so far.
2: Yeah. yeah. A lot of trial and error, figuring right. out what works, what doesn't work, you know, trying to befriend people in the industry, trying to get the load of, Hey, where do you get your blanks? You know, mm-hmm. where do you get your inks? What's, you know, and then you try places and it's, it's trial and error really yeah. when you have no clue, uh, you know, right. I worked at Geico and I, I, that's pretty much it. Yeah. But, uh, so yes. so
0: you found other people in the industry, you reached out to them and kind of picked their brain for advice. Right. Yeah. You know yep. with Facebook
2: groups nowadays, it's it's really easy to find like-minded people who are in the same industry and and pick up a lot of of tips and tricks and avoid a lot of mistakes that other people have already made and and for the most part, people are pretty willing to help you in that regard.
1: Yeah. You throw out a question on there, you're not sure or something and you get responses yeah. back instantly, you know, yeah, just yeah. you'll
2: get roast, mind. you'll get roasted too, but well, yeah, that, 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 <laughs> come, that <laughs> it comes, with comes with it. it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. I, I love it. So what about marketing and advertising? So you guys opened the doors in 2019 and, and you already kind of touched on this, but, um, so did things take off right away or did it build up over time or how did, how did that happen when you guys first opened?
2: I we've always had as much work as we can handle, and I think part of that is we took some business from us from with us from Lakeland mm-hmm. and some of our networking. Heather grew up, was born and raised here. Her dad worked at with Licucci, River Electric, so he's got a huge network. And um, between the both of us, our backgrounds and our our previous networks, we were able to fill a lot of it. You know, uh, I think our, our initial work came a lot from that. And um, but I knew obviously from Beard Booze, it was going to take a lot of content marketing. And so I focused on our Instagram and Facebook and made sure that was pretty good and, and attractive to the locals, at least, you know, and we wanted we knew we wanted to focus local and uh, we really focused on that. And it, yeah, it's worked out so far. Yeah.
0: So so the advertising you guys have done have been mostly social media stuff and, right. and, and, and that kind of thing, locally in the community, sponsoring stuff that, yes. that you can, that yes. kind of yes. thing. Exactly. I think yep.
2: our industry is largely word of mouth, but we, we mm-hmm. like to have a very strong social proofing and, and stuff like that to back that up. You yeah. know, they, they, someone says, Hey, I got my stuff with Florico Suprant. They, they go straight to Instagram, Facebook, Google. Yeah. So we want to make sure that's on point.
0: And, and are you guys maintaining the social media accounts as well? Or is somebody else doing that?
2: I mostly do it. <laughs> Heather, Heather, every once in a while does some posting or, you sure. know, but I, yeah, I do our Instagram, our Facebook page and a lot. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a yeah. Google business. Yeah.
0: So, so, so do you, do you have a program that kind of cross post or are you posting to Facebook? You're posting to Instagram, writing the stories and everything that you're doing. Yeah. Well,
2: well, luckily Instagram kind of posts it to Instagram and Facebook, but, but no, I, I, a lot of times it'll be manually to each one. Cause sometimes you have to tailor it to each platform. You know, it doesn't, yeah. sometimes what you post on Instagram isn't going to really fit Facebook. Right. So yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, right on. And so <laughs> what about funding? I do like to ask people this question just to get an idea of of how you guys did it when when you first opened up. So, how did you did you guys take out loans, were you swiping credit cards, did you go to friends and family like when you guys first opened, how did you guys fund this thing?
1: Well, most of our first purchases were a lot of sketchy Craigslist uh listings I guess that Randy would go to and we'd pick up equipment and stuff on you know on the low so we were able to pay for that uh, with our the cash that we had so that's how a lot of we got a lot of our stuff and how we started um, other than I mean that's pretty much how we got the majority of all of our equipment in the shop.
2: Yeah the the beginning I would say 95% of the equipment we own was bootstrap saving up and I would scour Craigslist and Facebook marketplace, but Facebook marketplace wasn't big back then as Mm -hmm. it is now, but I would scour it and look for deals and and what do we need? And and just when it came up, I'd scoop it and I'd be driving two hours here, two hours there and, you know, recruiting Mm -hmm. people to help me carry this stuff. And I still do that. Not as much, you know, but that's how we got all our embroidery machines, all our dryers, most of our printers. The only thing we bought new was our auto our automatic screen printing press. Gotcha. So so fully self-funded. Yeah.
1: Yes.
0: Yes. Impressive. Impressive. So, okay, so now I think June was a pretty big month for you guys on a couple different levels. Um, So, of course, you had the newest addition to your family, but I think you also expanded your shop, right? You guys added a showroom and a gift shop and something that you guys have always wanted to have.
1: Right. Yes. So we originally, when we first moved here, we started with, uh, we have three units now. We started with the middle unit. I think we were in that one for about a year and quickly outgrowing it. So we expanded to the left and opened that unit. But then, you know, it's starting to get where you have boxes right when people walk in and we're just running out of space and we had always wanted to be able to hang stuff and showcase it for people to come in and buy stuff cuz some people would come in and ask if we had anything for sale and we didn't because we don't have any room for it um so we were lucky enough that the unit next to us opened up and we scooped that up too so we could make it into a showroom and not have boxes piled up when people walk in it looks a little bit more professional now so we were very excited about that
2: yeah well we thought the same thing when we first expanded we had our, our middle unit first which was 750 square feet and it was tight and luckily the first extra space opened up we got that expanded to that thought it'd be plenty of room to do what we want to do a retail space and that quickly filled up like she said and there would be boxes in front of where we're trying to hang shirts and mm-hmm. so we needed more space and we said when we do it this time it's going to be solely dedicated to the retail space so we mm-hmm. don't clutter it up you know it doesn't we're not storing anything in there mm-hmm. And because the retail was very important to us, we wanted to make Dade City stuff, keep making the the Florida stuff and and really put some time and effort into the retail side of it. Sure.
0: Okay, so how long have you guys been planning that addition? Is it something you've thought about for a long time or.
1: Yeah, probably since the beginning we've thought about it, but it's just, you know, finding spaces reasonable price spaces to rent in Dade city is very hard and we really liked our um you know seventh street frontage we get a lot of people that come by drive by walk by so we get a lot of business that way so we wanted to do it we just never had the space or opportunity to do it the way we wanted to until that space opened up so we were lucky enough to grab that when it did
2: yeah. Yeah. It's always been our plan and we've kind of just been waiting for the right opportunity. And like mm-hmm. she said, we've searched elsewhere and it's limited. And the the frontage is huge to me because I, I paint the windows and it's almost like a free billboard right on 7th. Yep. So we were waiting for the right opportunity and just been lucky. For one, our landlord's awesome. Yeah. You know, they take care of every issue we have and, you know, we have a very good relationship. So we wanted to stay if possible. So luckily the one space opened up and then when a couple years, one year later or so, the other side opened up, which was just by luck and perfect mm-hmm. timing that we were kind of ready, and the space opened up at the same time. So yeah. yeah,
0: so so was it a lot of work? I'm assuming you guys probably did it all yourselves, right? <laughs> so what what was that process? Yeah, like? it
2: was a lot of work. For one, to uh, fill it with inventory, yeah. and for two, the build out, clean it up. Um, I painted a mural and we had to open up another opening which mm-hmm. our landlord actually had that done the first time when we expanded the first time there was already an opening and we did that ourselves but yeah we did we had to repaint and, and yeah. move all our stuff and fill it with inventory it was during a time where she was about to have a baby so right. it was it was a lot of work and, and we're trying to make sure everyone gets their orders done in time yeah. so it, it was a stressful time but it worked out and now we're finally getting back to putting more focus on the retail store
0: and so how many your staff you guys have a couple of family members who work for you i think right so how many
1: how many staff do you guys have we have two other employees um we started out with his nephew um who lived with us for a little while in lakeland and then he lives in brooksville now so he comes and he works with us and then one of his good friends we just recruited not that long ago so he's working with us now too and they were both friends in lakeland so it's kind of like a family affair type thing now
2: right on yeah it's a good dynamic Right on.
0: So, and this is another question I ask everybody, but this one I just want to hear you guys talk about it for a second. So, why Dade City? Right? I mean, you're from here, but right. what is it about Dade City that made you guys want to settle down here and and open your business here?
1: I want to refer that one to Randy because it was actually his idea to move back here.
2: So, obviously, family is a major thing, and um, there was some there were some reasons that we we had to move. We were my I lost my dad in 2017 and then my mom had some some medical issues that we wanted to be closer to her and um, we wanted we had just had our son, so we wanted to be closer to her family, you know, to help with the baby and we were trying to run a shop and stuff. So it we were coming through one day, I think, for some kind of event or to come to visit your parents and we came down going north into through town. Because we, we had to Dent stop City. at the post office and I said, let's yeah.
1: just go down this way. And he had never been like driven through downtown. And because we always went, you know, the bypass around. So that was the first time he had actually drove through downtown and that was it.
2: Yeah. So when we came down that hill, I was like, wow, this place is cool. You know, I I would love to live here and it would be a cool place to raise a family. And as we explored more, it was, it sort of became more of a reality, but it happened fast. You know, we decided to move here, but one of the main reasons is she grew up here. A lot of her fans, she has a lot of family here and I think it, Mm it was, it's, the best for our kids, yeah. And Dade City is awesome. It's it's like a budding small town. It's sort of in between where I grew up and Lakeland, as far as yeah. the size and and the population and everything going on. So it's it's kind of a perfect fit.
0: Yeah. Right on. I I love, I love it so much. So now you guys have had the experience of working in corporate America, and obviously now you do your own thing and. Every time I get the chance to talk to someone like yourselves who's made that jump, I like to ask these questions. So, what would you say are some of the biggest differences about working in corporate America as opposed to working for yourself?
1: Guaranteed income. <laughs> you know, corporate America, you get a paycheck every two weeks and you know what that amount's going to be. You know, when you're self employed, you know you're going to have some money, but you never know. It could vary from, you know, month to month. And the other biggest issue, because this is stuff that I handle, would be health insurance. You know, corporate America, you get these health insurance options, take out of your paycheck, it's no big deal. It's not the same with self-employed. One, it's <laughs> ridiculously expensive. And then to find a plan that's even what you need, it's just a whole other nightmare. Yeah, So.
2: yeah. Yeah, so that I think that's a major difference is the guaranteed income and being able to budget that. Um, we've never had to worry. We've never been worried about, you know, making it but you, you worry about it still, you know, you still worry Mm -hmm. about it every day, you know, every day is a fight for survival, but, um, it feels like, so that's a major difference is the comfort of, of the, the paycheck and the health insurance. Mm -hmm. But I'd say another is, is the work hours, you know, at Geico, I'd see you tomorrow, uh, and go home, have a beer, hang out, watch TV, go, go to the bar or whatever. And, um, Mm Before kids, obviously, but yeah. And but now it's I come home, I put the kids to bed, and I go back, start another shift from nine to midnight or nine to two because you know that's what it takes sometimes when we're busy is those extra hours. So I, I work on weekends, I work at night, but it gives us the freedom to all right, I, we got to close the shop for half a day and go do a mm-hmm. podcast or you know, so it, it it's. It's a trade-off, you know, but some people like that comfort of, and the routine and and not having to worry about, you know, uh, the, the, the invariables like taxes or, or handling all that yourself. And so they just come in and, and work their job and go home and leave it there. And I think there, there is a lot of value in that.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. So I, when I first made the jump, I was in a corporate America guy myself. I made the jump just a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and there was a ton of things that I just wasn't prepared for until they reached up and like smacked me in the face. Exactly. You know? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so so, what are some things about running a business that you thought would be true but turned out to not be?
1: I don't know. I don't even know. But I think one big thing is is like he says, we work basically 18 hours a day you know and I think when you think you own your own business oh I'm just going to work here and I'm going to work there and you know I can work as I as I want or leisurely and it, that's not the case at all because you work even more than you did at your corporate job because you know of all these things that has to get done whether it's you know a job that needs done or artwork or even just all the other stuff that's behind the scenes that's running the business you know filing taxes and this and that and it's just it's just a lot.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. A big client messages or emails at midnight on Saturday, you're gonna answer, you know, mm-hmm. where I wouldn't do that at Geico or even be thinking about that. Well you wouldn't even have access to your email, yeah, you know? Yeah. Like Yeah, but but for me, what what surprised me was, you know, starting a business, the main thing I worried about, I think most people worry about is getting business. Am I gonna get enough work to survive or, or pay pay the bills? And it, it was sort of the opposite for us. I wasn't ready for the growth or to be able to handle mm. all of the work we were getting. And and to me, I had it backwards. You know, I put up front all the effort into getting business. And I'm like, well, how, how do I how do I get this done? So in the beginning, it was a scramble to become more efficient and and figure out what we're Mm going to do, get Heather to come help me full time and hire my nephew. So that surprised me. You know, I I thought it would be the opposite issue of worrying how to get work, but it's, for us, it's been worrying how to get it done and get it done timely and, and quality and Right. Well, that's
0: a good problem to have. Yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah, really good problem.
2: I, I, it's stressful, but I'm, I'm thankful for it. Yeah. Yes, sir. I, I love it. So,
0: so now, so you guys have been in business now for a little over three years, at least in Dade city. Right. Um, and so <clears throat> three years seems to be the number where, where most businesses tend to, to fall off. Uh, you know, there, there, there's that statistic where most businesses make it about three years or so. And then, then they go away, mm-hmm. but you guys are, have made it past that pivotal three years. So I'm curious what have been some of the secrets to your success?
1: I think a huge one is randy's ability to do our online marketing you know he had all the experience from beard Boots, which i'm not good at it. you know i can scroll on instagram and that's about it he asked me to post something and then i do it and he's like well let me just let me just do it for you and i'm like <laughs> i try to tell you that in the first place but i think that has a huge that's a huge key for our business or has been
2: yeah i think our marketing is strong and i put a, i take a lot of pride in that um I'm surprised by the amount of local businesses there are. You know, mm-hmm. we weren't sure what our niche was going to be when we started, and I knew I wanted to work with the local businesses, but I'm surprised at how many there are. You know, they kind of come out of the woodworks of landscaping companies right. and lawn care companies and and you know podcasters and yeah. mm-hmm. and youtubers and all kinds of stuff so it's been awesome and it's been it i think we're in a unique position to be able to work with a, a bunch of different businesses and meet a lot of people and i think the networking and word of mouth has helped us a lot not yeah not to mention we I mean, I'm, I'm obsessive about quality and delivering timely and, and making sure the print is, is as perfect as it can be. And I think that goes a long way, you know, and and with screen printing and and embroidery and custom stuff, I I think a lot of people are unsure of the processes and and feel awkward or or, so being able to walk in and say, Hey, and talk to us rather than going to a place like I don't want to name drop a bigger company, uh, online where, it's online online. where there's faceless and it, you know, it's cold. You, they, they don't know how to upload their artwork, you know? So I think that, that hometown feel of being able to come into the shop has helped. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. For <laughs> sure,
0: man. So, so what about marketing tips? I mean, do, are, so if you're a, if you're a social media pro, man, do you have any, any, any marketing tips for people?
2: Yeah. So I, you know, I, I, <laughs> People comment about my Instagram reels and stuff, and I try to give some tips to um, some of the other people in town, and and they they've been doing awesome with their reels, mm-hmm. and and I would say be consistent and show your processes, even if it's the most boring thing. You know, I I had a video of me coding screens one time, which to me is like watching paint dry, but it got so much interaction and so many views because people don't see it every day, and you don't realize that, and it, oh. they're like, whoa, what is he doing? What? So. Even if it's the most simple process in your business, show it, show it, show it and, you know, do time lapses, record everything you can. Even if you record it, you don't have to use it right away just to have that to stitch together a reel or post a picture or, you know, take as many product photos as you can and show your processes and show your personality, you know, get on there and make a video and um, people buy from people. You know that even if your product is amazing, if they don't like you or don't feel comfortable, it's not going to it's not going to mesh. So show your personality and people will relate a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I love it. Perfect tips. So so something I'm interested in as I continue to grow is accountability and structure. So the the corporate life just inherently provides that structure and the accountability. You have to be there at a certain time. Your paycheck is every two weeks. It, it just there's a certain structure inherently built in. But when you go to work for yourself... I mean, you can just sleep all day if you want to. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, how how did how did you guys go about creating structure such that you were holding yourselves accountable to getting all of this stuff done?
1: I think it was kind of you're kind of forced into it because you have so much work, like he said, and you want to get this done and out the door. And if you don't, it's just going to continue to pile up, and then you're going to be an even huger you know, have a bigger mess than you started with. And I think, you know, and then also the fear of you don't have that guaranteed paycheck every week. So if you don't get up and get out the door and go to work and get this stuff done, you're not getting paid. So I think you're kind of forced into it.
0: Yeah. So Go ahead. So, so uh, how does, what does your days look like then? So, so, uh, so for me, it was difficult in the beginning to find a way to, okay, in the morning I'm going to do this in the afternoon, I'm going to do this. Cause I was just so used to my, my routine. How did you guys sort of create that, that daily routine?
1: I think we're still modifying that every day. It's, <laughs> I mean, it took a long time to get into a, a routine. I think we've gotten pretty good at it now, but it's really a lot of trial and error. this works, this doesn't work, we can be more productive doing it this way, you know, and it's just
2: yeah we, a lot we of it's repetition. something we work on every day, especially especially in the environment we're in super high paced production environment it's it's as close to manufacturing, I guess as you can get yeah. so we we try to be lean as possible, but I'll say. You know Heather is that's her strong point. You know her, she's super organized and super detail oriented and, and punctual, and she lays out all our production schedule and everything. You know from our life, our personal life to our, our work. Because I'm kind of all over the place. I'm, yeah. I'm the creative. I have the ideas, and, and I want to do what I want to do at the moment. So she, she's she been the integral part of that as far as scheduling and keeping a structure of, of how we get things done timely and what I should work on right now, how to maximize yeah. this. I have 10 minutes here. What should I do? Yeah. So she writes in my planner of what I need to do as far as artwork, you know, and it keep well all of us are our employees, too. So it keeps us structured. It, it really does. And as far as the motivation point that we were just talking about, it, it's been easy for me because I, I don't want to let anybody down. I don't want to put something out there with my name on it. That's less, less than perfect, you know? So it, to me, it's my rep, our reputation mm-hmm. and pride a little bit. So it, it's and the fear of, of not getting it done. Right. So it, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so what about imposter syndrome? I mean, do you guys ever, ever second guess yourselves and just say, man, what am I doing like I, I can't do this does that ever yes. creep in your heads
2: often <laughs> every day yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah yeah I, I i compare myself with other shops and and how fast they've grown and other artists and their artwork so I, I do and but it's important not to do that you know it's unhealthy to do that but at the same time it gives me a little bit of of motivation um to get better you know you see people who are better but there's also a lot of people who think you're better so um you kind of gotta like go with that a little bit but um yeah, it's hard. It's hard as far as comparing yourself to other people and how far along you should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so how, how do you guys you know, stay confident in the turbulent times? So when, when things get hard and things get a little bit rocky and things get tough, how do you stay focused and, and, and keep, keep going this way?
1: It's hard.
2: It's real hard. <laughs> yeah,
1: it is. Um, because there's times that you think, oh man, let me just go back to my nine to five job where I'm guaranteed everything. But then you sit down and you think about it. Right now I have all this flexibility. You know, we have three kids and it seems like a doctor's appointment every other week that we're going to. And with a corporate job, you can't just get up and leave and go do what you need to do if somebody gets sick. And I think that's that's really our ultimate goal is to be able to spend that much time with our kids. Um, So that really drives us, I think. Yeah, yeah,
2: for sure. And I can see how it's very tempting to say, I'm just going to go back. I get the steady paycheck. And, you know, we joke about it sometimes like, man, wouldn't that be nice? You know, we don't have to worry about health insurance or Mm no steady paycheck and um, all that. But, you know, I I, when times get hard, I, I try to remind her and remind myself is right now doing what we're doing in the situation we're in was only a fantasy three years ago. Like it, it was our mm-hmm. biggest dream to be working for ourselves and owning a shop. And, and that's our main income and, and getting to do all these things around town as far as the art. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that's what keeps me going. And, and, you know, it's easy to say, well, we're not doing this or we're, we're messed this up. But to think about how far we've come and, and how it's our dream of three years ago, it's, you know, it's easy, it's easy to overlook that. But I think you, you have to remember that, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure, man. So what about um, any advice you guys have for aspiring entrepreneurs? So you guys have been in business for a while. You've made it past those first pivotal three years. You seem like you definitely know what you're doing. If somebody who is just starting out in, in, in their entrepreneurial journey, if you will, if they reached out to you guys and said, Hey, you have some advice for me, any tips and tricks? What would you guys say to that person?
1: know what you're getting into, you know, know what business you're going into and what all that entails. You know, it's not, even if it's just like a cookie business, you know, it's not just about baking cookies. There's so much behind the scenes stuff. So, you know, really do your research and find out everything that's involved and make sure that you want to do it and are willing to put in the work to do that.
2: Yeah. 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 And that's sort of the prerequisite from what I was going to say, but she's right. You know, shadow somebody, find mm-hmm. people who are doing what you're doing and, and work with them and say, is this really something I want to devote the next 10, 20 years of my life to? And uh, after you decide that, I would say hone your skill, hone your skill, mm-hmm. hone your skill is the biggest thing. And if you do something good enough and well enough, there's plenty of people out there who are going to pursue you right. to do that for them. And I would say hone your skill and, and market that skill. Yeah, for sure. So what about
0: um any good books you guys are reading right now? Podcast you guys listen to? Like how do you guys sort of unwind a little bit? You know, yoga, exercise. Like what 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 do you, what do you guys do? Uh
1: it's exercise for me. I usually try to work out before any of the kids get up in the morning. That's hit or miss. Um not really a book reader, so you know, by the time the kids go to bed in the evening, it's like you sit on the couch for 30 minutes and watch a House Hunters episode, and then it's you know it's time to for bed. So, I think just getting up and working out and starting the morning without kids screaming in the background is like that you know forty five minutes to yourself where you can just kind of clear your mind a little bit.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a runner. I get up early and I run. You know, uh, I I ran a marathon last year, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's my my kind of blow off steam. And I do it first thing in the morning to kind of set the tone for the day. But um, as far as unwinding, when I get home, you know, I'll I'll sketch or draw. Um, I will read. I'm reading a a lettering book to how to produce, um, improve hand lettering. But when I do read or watch YouTube, it's usually something, a skill I'm trying to learn to, or something that is going to improve what I do, like the lettering or, or, you know, sign painting and and stuff like that. It's usually some kind of... Educational.
0: Right. Gotcha. Okay. So I didn't find anything about marathon running. Let's talk about that for a second. What what kind of what kind of marathons do you are they long, ten K? Like what do you
2: So yeah, last year I ran a marathon twenty six point two <laughs> miles. Um point one. Twenty six point one, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So um before that I was running some five K's and ten K's. I, I ran a the nine mile war between Zephyr Wood mm-hmm. Hills and Pasco High School. Yeah. But yeah. It's something I started when we were still in Lakeland and it, I just kept with it. And I think the consistency and the exercise every morning is what I really fell in love with. And the competing was just sort of something to do, you know, to train for, give you a little extra mm-hmm. motivation to train and push yourself a little harder than just getting out and running. But, um, yeah, I don't know why I decided to do the marathon. I think my friend, John Mott, who's a, a, a Olympic marathoner kind of convinced me to it, and he kind of coached me and made me some production schedules and training schedules, production schedules, but training schedules, <laughs> production on the mind. But yeah, and uh, that kind of pushed me into that. But once I started training, it was like, man, I really want to do it. And yeah, I, I love running. It's a good way to clear your mind and yeah. blow up some steam.
0: So, so twenty six point one is probably the longest one you've probably ever done. That's, yeah, that's yeah, long, yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Okay. So how often do you run marathons? Is it like that a, was that was my first and only one. Um, but when I'm I not had a train sure we I, can
1: convince him to do another one. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll do
2: another one, but it, it's hard when the kids are young. You know, when you leave, when I had to leave yeah. to run for four hours yeah. in the morning, you know, I could be spending my time a little better either with my kids or at work. So it was nice to do it and get, get it out of the way, but I'm going to wait till they're a little bit older to do mm-hmm. that again. I'll, I'll probably do some shorter runs that I don't have to run 20 miles on a Saturday for, to train for. But yeah. 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 So you
0: just out like running in the neighborhood, or do you yeah, go to the gym or I, and something? and
2: that's another. I fell deeper in love with Dade City because it, you know early in the morning when the sun's just coming up, it's kind of misty, and the way the lighting hits the building. And I would run every street in Dade City because to run twenty miles, you you got to make up a lot of. A lot of ground. So, it, yeah, I'd run all around up and down the different streets in Dade City and people would see me and say, hey, aren't you that crazy guy running in the morning? <laughs> so I say, yeah, yeah, that's me. But yeah. I would meet other runners and stuff in the morning. So you kind of see the same people every day in the community and it's 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 good.
0: Yeah, that's good. Awesome. Okay, guys. So at this point, we're going to start winding things down a little bit. Are there any topics that we didn't cover that you'd like to talk about or a topic that we did cover that you want to dig a little little deeper on?
1: I don't think so. I think you pretty much hit a lot. But
0: Yeah, man, you're, you're pretty thorough. You did yeah. your research. You <laughs> asked all the right questions. I think you dug yeah. deep. Okay, well, right on, guys. So we'll end this with what I call my two quick question round. I have two final quick questions for you both. Question number one, how would you define the word entrepreneur?
1: Oh, man, that's tough. I think um, very self-motivated. I don't know. I think self-motivated is the first word that comes to mind. Yes, You know, you have to be, you can't do this if you're not motivated to get out there and, and do the grind every day. So.
2: I would would say a business owner, you know, as simple as that. I think if you, you are willing to take the risks to run a business, even if you have that safety net at first, I think you're an entrepreneur, you know, you're, you're getting out there and getting it done and using your skill to make money. Anybody who uses skill to make money on their own terms, I think is an entrepreneur. That's a great, great,
0: great. Okay. So uh, the final question, and this is one of my favorite questions because it's, it's different for everybody. So how would you define the word success?
1: I think it's getting up and enjoying what you do every day, whether, you know, you could have success at a nine to five job. If that's what you enjoy doing and that's what makes you happy and you fulfill all your dreams that way, then, then that's success. But if it's going to work for yourself and doing what you love that way, then, you know, I think that's the main thing, just getting up and doing what you enjoy every single day. You know, you could be a millionaire or you could just make enough money to pay your bills, but as long as you're enjoying it, you found success.
2: Yes, ma'am. Yeah. I think happiness, bottom line, and the happiness of of your loved ones and those close to you is is number one. And, and freedom. Freedom to do the things you want to do, which I think contributes mm-hmm. to your overall happiness.
0: Yes, sir. Okay. So how can people find you guys? Plug your website, any social media stuff, any different events, any, any cool shirts you guys have coming up? Just plug all your stuff.
2: So yeah, the main one is floorcoastalprint.com. You can submit quote requests right through there. It has all the questions we need as far as putting your quote together, all the variables that would affect the price. Um, floorcoastalprint.com. Contact at floor print is the email if you just want to st- send a straight email rather than going through the website. Uh, Instagram is floorcoastalprint. Facebook is floor print and um, I think that's it as of right now our phone number 352-437-3271 and we're right on 7th got it I paint the windows right now there's a a fall scene going on I might add some ghosts and stuff so you can't miss it but you would be surprised how many people drive by and say I never knew you were here for the past three years so yeah
0: wow Yeah. Okay. Right on guys. Well, Hey, thanks a lot for being here. This has been fantastic. And everyone else. Thanks a lot for tuning in. If you've enjoyed the show, then please share it around so others can join in as well. The best way for new listeners to find the show is for our current listeners to talk about us. So follow us on Facebook at T A O B podcast. Give us a like, drop us a comment, and don't forget to leave a five-star review. It really does help us out. I'm your host, Eric Baker. And this has been another episode of the art of business. Bye for now.